Captain to Slade, and this is KJ Hamler on the edge. Shows his first. Hamler makes the cut. Midfield. And they finally grab him in Pittsburgh territory. DeMar Hamlin stopped him, but KJ shows the speed. Slip into the red dress you like when we arrive, we probably won't leave. I love the way you move like that when you push your body on my own mind. You wanna smoke, drink, dance until the sunrise. It's one of those kind of nights. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm your host as always, Elliot Chris. Joined by one of my favorite data guys in the entire industry, Peter Howard. You can follow him on Twitter at Paul Howdy. He's a senior writer at DLF Football. Peter, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Elliot. Thanks for having me on. It, it's interesting you call it Pa Howdy. People go one way or the other. It's PA Howdy or it's Pa Howdy. I don't, I don't know which is right, but I appreciate you mentioning it too. <laughs> of course. It's one of those. Sometimes you're, there's, there's names of these players, right, where you read it over and over again. You hear a certain <laughs> way your name, and they announce it, and you're like, well, that was that was not what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, especially, yeah, that happens to me a lot. I struggle with pronunciation and spelling, as you know. <laughs> People have been calling me Christ for 30 years, so I'm, I'm, used, I'm used to getting things messed up. I, I don't know why that's their go-to, as if I would have, my family would be so bold to, to call ourselves Christ. But we're getting off topic here. Let's talk about KJ Hamler, wide receiver out of Penn State. We're looking at a guy that's five foot eleven, 178 pounds. Did not get to compete at the combine, but let's talk about his strengths. What are some of the things in KJ Hamler's game or data that, that stand out to you that make you like him? First thing that stands out to me about KJ Hamler is hardly anyone talks about him. I know a fellow called Addison Hayes, formerly of FF Statistics, now at Dynasty League Football, and he's a really big Penn State fan. So he's a really big KJ Hamler fan, and that's about it. I think if this class was any shallower, he might have shown up in content and on Twitter and various places more, because his production is honestly where I start with a player. I want them to be good in college, um, above average in college, uh, in terms of the amount of their team's offense they're able to suck up and produce. Um, and that's where I start with prospects. And KJ Hamler fits that more perfectly. He was a huge part of his uh, team's offense. Um, he easily beats the average at, at an early age as well. He played at age 19 and 20 in the Big Ten. Um, and he was producing as much of his team's offense as prospects who have been good in the NFL. So I really think he would have shown up um, more on our radar um, if he wasn't so small, at least. Yeah, the size of 178 is, is a legit concern. We'll, we'll get there in a minute. But, you know, I'm interested. What statistics specifically to you? I know, I know you mentioned percentage of his offense, you know, market share. Market share, yeah. we can talk about breakout age. But what statistics to you when you're modeling are most important when evaluating a wide receiver? I mostly prospect from market share right now. But um, a stat that seems to be beating it in early models and also I, I've really only just started looking at it this offseason is yards per team pass attempt which is an interesting stat because it brings in volume how much volume um, the player is actually producing but it adds an element of efficiency uh, and so one thing I've been looking at lately is much like people look at running backs and decide how what their yards per carry was above their teammates. I've been doing that for yards per team pass attempt. And interestingly enough, it's not just volume and market share that Hamler was doing well at. He was also exceedingly efficient on a per team pass attempt basis. He was 1.8 yards per team pass attempt above his team average, um, which is incredibly significant. And again, that's his average score. And um, most players who end up with a top 24 season, um, and especially a top 12 season in the NFL, um, hit two yards above team average 
at least once in their career in college. And KJ Hamler did that um, at least once. I think he might have done it both years. So he was also phenomenally efficient as well as being a large part of the offense. And as, as we know, it's harder to be efficient with higher volume. So that to me stands out as well. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? That sounds like a pretty similar statistic to what PFF has done with uh, yards per target um, or yards per route right. run, I'm sorry. And that's been very statistically relevant year after year. So it's a very similar statistic trying to understand, you know, how much volume he's getting because the guys who get the most volume tend to be the best players and what he's doing right. with that volume. And it's it sounds like rocket science when you really break it down that simply, but it, it makes a lot of sense. On the film, a couple things I really like about him. He's, he's incredibly quick. You know, his first step, his top right. end speed. We don't have a 40 time, but I would put him in the 4-4 range. I know we like to say everyone's a 4-3 guy, and then we get to the combine and only two people run it. But he needs that speed at his size, and he absolutely has it. He can make plays once the ball's in his hand. They use them on jet sweeps. They use them out of the backfield. He mm. he does a, He's an excellent athlete. He's a d- developing as a route runner. So, and I, this kind of leads me into some of his weaknesses. I think right now he's a better athlete than he is route runner, but I think he's developing in that area. One thing that I really like from a slot receiver is when he can get vertical, and Hamler can do that incredibly well. You know, they use them underneath, but they also, you know, whenever they got him on a linebacker or safety, they went over the top and they had a tremendous success. I mean, Clifford, the quarterback from Penn State, is horrendous, but. Hamler consistently got over the top of these guys, and that's something you can do in the NFL. You get these mismatches, you get a guy like Hamler, and you get him vertical, and you hit big plays, and you can also work underneath. I think that's that's a really big strength of his. Are there any things in the data that have you concerned about Hamler potentially? There's a few things, and where I look at this from a slightly odd angle, I'm not trying to prospect traits or abilities as nearly as much as I am look for the wake that he created around him compared to his teammates. One of the things that stands out to me, which is slightly worrying, which might be um, a little off-center or not as mentioned, is that coming from the Big Ten, that's one of the Power Five conferences that actually averages higher um, usage rates for the wide receivers, you know, uh, depending on how you want to look at that, the wide receiver one, um, on average since 2015, um, in the big 10 averages around 27% market share of his team's offensive production in market share of receiving yards. That is, um, that's like two or 3% above conferences like the SEC and the ACC. And that, may suggest that Hamler's numbers look a little better than they would if he was playing in another conference. I don't know people are concerned because we're trying to compare players across multiple situations, multiple years. And so it is notable to me that playing in the Big Ten, you would almost expect him as a wide receiver, one of his team, to get higher market share. Now, I, I think he is still significantly better than the average player coming from that conference. So I'm not too worried about it. But he's coming, as you said, he's he he's um, maybe a raw prospect in, in terms of the technicalities of his game. But I do think those are things he can learn um, and he can develop at. And some of the things that he's been able to do in college up to this point are not things that you can learn. And so he might be a little raw, but I, th- I think I think the elements are all there. Um, and my main concern right now is draft capital, where he lands, and whether or not he can elevate in a, in a tougher situation, which would be the NFL compared to the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just to add a couple points to the, the development is, you know, right now he basically strictly plays the slot and plays off the line of scrimmage. 
and you, you would expect that as a guy that's 178 pounds, right? So he's, he right. could get beat up and pressed, but you can protect him if you play in the slot. Now, when you're a slot receiver, sometimes the question is, right, all right, so those guys get valued a little bit less. They go in the third or fourth round. You lose a little draft capital, but that could lead to his development. I think there's a lot of unknown pre-draft with Hamler in that situation. My biggest concern with him is his his hands, and I don't mean dropping the football because I think drops are one of the more overrated statistics, but I don't think he tracks the ball particularly well. I think he lets the ball come into his body a lot. Um, mm. he, he misjudges passes. He'll, he'll, he needs to become a more natural catcher of the football. Now that sounds like that's such a cliche statement. Um, <laughs> right. but he need he needs to work on his catch radius and his, his catch ability, which I think will increase his, his catch rate, which obviously weren't phenomenal at 54% and 59% the last couple of years. Um, I, I don't think it's a, a drop situation. I just think he, he can improve as his, as a, a natural pass catcher. But I think he has the opportunity to do that. And his his ability to get vertical from the slot, I think, is a very valuable thing to bring to the NFL. Is there um, a player that he reminds you of? Do a call back to before the show when I was talking to you, but I've mentioned it a few different times on different podcasts. I think comps um, are difficult when you mostly prospect through data because especially through production, because his production from one situation to another can look similar to another player, even though that player is like, you know, um, six foot five, um, runs a four five, which obviously doesn't compare him in terms of his skill set or his likely role in the NFL, but his production looks similar. And so they can be slightly more complicated. But when you take into account the combine, obviously the players that I want to compare him to that have similar productions in their role in college would be like, like I, like an upside comp of T.Y. Hilton. I hate just mentioning good players because, you know, there's downside. But, like, that's my dream for K.J. Hamler. On the other side, I think uh, probably a better mid-round comparison would be John Brown. Again, um, very productive in his situation. Similar physical metrics. Um, And based on what you and other people are telling me from his tape, it sounds like he plays a similar type of game um, to John Brown in the NFL. Yeah, I think I think John Brown would be a very good career trajectory for him. That's someone that you know would start in the slot, move right. outside as the career goes on, as they develop. He's definitely going to want to add a little bit of weight if he gets outside. A guy he reminds me a little bit of. Now um, he doesn't have the strength of this player. He's he's probably um, a little bit better coming out. But Kiki Cutie uh, out of Texas Tech was a guy that in the slot got vertical a ton and added that ability to Houston. Um, before, of course, he pissed off Bill O'Brien and now no longer <laughs> plays. But um, <laughs> See, that's I, interesting because Kiki never looked good to me. He didn't create a lot of space around himself in college, and he didn't do it young like KJ Hamler did. So the, the fact they play similar roles, but the one's been able to dominate early and over teammates in college, like that, that's why I like Hamler and don't like Kiki. But it is interesting. It's really interesting style of play comparison. Right, exactly. And the, and that, that's, I think, one of the things you talked about, right? You know, T.Y. Hilton would obviously be the high end. John Brown, I think, is a median. And, and Kiki is one of these guys where I just I envision the role of bringing that slot vertical aspect to an offense and kind of taking it to the next level. Is yeah. there, you know, we mentioned that landing spot is, is going to be important for him. Is there a team that you would like to see him go to? Um, no, I, I, I can't. 
I can't see a clear landing spot for him, but that's okay because we get landing spot wrong a lot. No one thought the Tennessee Titans was the best landing spot for a wide receiver last year, for example. So we tend to get situations for wide receivers more wrong than most things. And what I mostly want to see is KJ Hamler go to a team where he can compete um, and develop his game, especially based on what um, people are seeing on the film, the parts of his game that he needs to improve. Um, I want him to have a little time. So I don't want him to go to a crowded situation, a too crowded situation like the Arizona Cardinals, but a team that is clearly leaning passing fairly heavily and maybe has some space for him to sit and learn and develop a role, still develop a role early on. Um, and so the team that comes to mind is probably, I'm really trying to come up with one, Elliot, but I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than fine with me. I think I think from a, a team fit, and this is probably not the best fantasy location for him, but I th- I'd be interested in the Dallas Cowboys. Now, obviously, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are going to okay. eat up a high percentage of those targets, but they need a slot receiver. We've seen Dak use them when Randall Cobb had some big games, Cole Beasley. He adds a vertical threat to that offense. A lot of people have talked about wide receiver potential there at 17. I think Hamler in the third round makes more sense for them there. I think from a, a volume perspective, and this is probably getting thrown in too big, but maybe the Jets, um, who have said to be all about speed, Hamler brings a lot of speed, and they're going to have a ton of targets. One thing I would really like to talk about with you before I let you go is you had a controversial tweet where you said quarterbacks don't make receivers better. <laughs> Right, and I think that really fits with the, these teams. You want to explain to people exactly what you meant by that? It's said in a very Twitter way, right? It's meant to get a slight reaction because it's not like having a good quarterback isn't a good thing for a wide receiver. Very clearly, having a more productive offense or having a, a, a higher-skilled quarterback is good for wide receivers. What I was essentially saying is that, especially if you're looking for a player who's going to break the average or break the curve, as it were, and become something that's relevant, particularly relevant in fantasy football, then having a good quarterback is not in and of itself good enough. For example, Philip Dorsett had one of his, probably one of his best years he'll ever have in the NFL last year with Tom Brady. I don't think anyone thinks that Tom Brady made a deep ball receiver exceptionally good, but having a good quarterback helped him and having a good team definitely helped Philip Dorsett, but it didn't elevate him so far that he suddenly becomes, you know, a top 12 wide receiver, despite Tom Brady and the Patriots being one of the best situations in many ways and that you can get in the NFL. Now, there are examples of like wide receivers who we think are capable of a lot more, like Alan Robinson with Mitch Trubisky. Um, and yeah, there is a slight downgrade when you have someone like Blake Bortles and then Mitch Trubisky. We probably haven't seen the full capabilities of Alan Robinson. But the point is here that Alan Robinson has still been able to show himself to be exceptionally good in the NFL with bad quarterback play. Now, I didn't mean to bring in anecdotal evidence. It's just somehow easier to explain a point when you do and when you look at the broad swath of nfl history what you find is wide receivers that are able to prove themselves outside of that quarterback and then get a good quarterback they're good so the best way to look for good wide receivers is to look for a wide receiver who's proven themselves to be good and a quarterback is icing on the top but they're never going to elevate them so far that they've become significantly more relevant in fantasy football, or at least that's a premise. Yeah, it's Does like, that make clearer yeah, sense? it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you're basically saying, like, just because you play with Patrick Mahomes doesn't mean you're getting 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns when you're a very average player. 
Exactly. And, and you know, Anthony Amico has pointed out, like, uh, quarterback production, quarterback ability. It has a, a skill and role has a lot to do with this. You know, Tyreek Hill obviously fits better with Patrick Mahomes than he would another good quarterback who operates close to the line of scrimmage who can't flick it 9,000 million yards without even thinking about it. That obviously benefits a Tyreek Hill. But I think outside of that, we've seen Tyreek Hill be good. Um, and and we can find that a lot more than we can just keep betting on you know wide receiver two three four five down the depth chart because we know Patrick Mahomes is good. It's it's possibly more of a fantasy take than a football take. <laughs> no, I mean it makes a lot of sense, and you know poor Allen Robinson, right? Because not in college right. and Christian Hackenberg. But will we know that Allen Robinson is so good at acrobatic catches if people weren't constantly five yards off with their targets? Um, and KJ Hamler, <laughs> way to wrap this all up is KJ Hamler had good production with a terrible college quarterback. So, Peter, there I you appreciate you, you hopping on and talking KJ Hamler. Why don't you let the people know where they can find you? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at PA Howdy. I write for Dynasty League Football or DLF as we normally refer to it as. And you can find all my stuff uh, there mostly. I also have a podcast, Dynasty Crossroads. And you can find that on you know whatever podcast app you're using really appreciate it by the way elliot um this, this was a joy to come on and get to talk to you again absolutely yeah guys i i can't highly recommend him enough you know again at paul howdy or at pa howdy however we want to pronounce <laughs> it uh great follow and i'm good with either to be clear i'm good with either i don't mind <laughs> um guys thanks for checking out draft daily pod tomorrow we'll be back with scott barrett breaking down jonathan taylor thanks for listening